Welcome to 8 with 8, a podcast from Ohio State Support Team 8, where we share what's on our minds and what's in the research from the field of education. We're continuing our learning through leadership journey today as our own Denise Ward talks to Superintendent Melvin Brown about his leadership journey. Melvin is currently the superintendent of Reynoldsburg City Schools, which is just outside of Columbus, but our colleagues in Region 8 may remember Melvin from his time as deputy superintendent of Cuyahoga Falls City Schools. In today's episode, Melvin shares some thought-provoking ideas about some of the more challenging aspects of educational leadership, including leading from the heart, leaning on your team, and overcoming the desire to be a people pleaser. Hi, everyone. I am Denise Ward, and I have the pleasure of interviewing Melvin Brown, who is the superintendent of Reynoldsburg City Schools. And Melvin, once again, I wanna thank you for joining me during this season of our podcast where our focus is actually learning through leadership. So thank you again, Melvin, because I know the life of a central office administrator is um, action-filled. My pleasure, thank you so much for having me. Sure, so let's get started, Melvin. I guess the first thing I want to uh, ask you is, Could you talk a little bit about your leadership experience so that our audience will actually have a little background information about you? Sure. Uh, Going back to my days in the classroom, uh, my last year as a classroom teacher was 1999. um, And the the years prior to that as an English teacher at a high school level, uh, I had always had an interest in what leadership looked like, although I never aspired to be a principal, never even considered it, didn't want to even had no, no desire to do so. Um, but fortunately, I had a number of principals along the way who saw something and encouraged me to get involved in leadership and what that could look like, pushed me to pursue my uh, administrative endorsement. And finally, uh, once I acquired that, I was challenged by uh, my superintendent at that time uh, to apply for an elementary principal position at, within our district and um, was a successful candidate when it was all over again. So it started in 99. Um, I was an elementary principal. Um, in two different schools. I was a middle school principal. Um, I was an associate superintendent in Prince William County Schools, which is uh, in Virginia. And all this experience, that experience was in Virginia. Uh, In Prince William, we had about 100,000 kids. Um, My responsibility was for roughly 22,000 of those kids. Um, I then did some work with a charter school management company where I was a regional vice president for, um, and that's what moved me to Ohio. Uh, for the Northeast Ohio region and for Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, and then um, I went to Cuyahoga Falls right up north. Um, neighbors to you. I was the uh, director of human resources for a couple of years. And then I was the deputy, deputy superintendent for a couple of years before coming here to Reynoldsburg in 2017 as a superintendent. Okay. So you said you were an elementary principal, a middle school principal. You were a high school teacher, right? Yeah. Were you ever a high school principal? I was not. Not? Okay. Interesting. Okay. I never even Mm -hmm. thought about high school, uh, high school administrative leadership because there are high school principals do so much and have so many things on their plates. Um, And at that time, my kids were uh, fairly young and uh, I was fortunate and I didn't have to venture into that realm. Sure. Yeah. So, so Melvin, um, I know that um, because I'm a former administrator as well. And I know that building relationships, that's important. But one of the things 
also know that is important is taking time for self-care. And um, we often hear that. Um, we must mm -hmm. take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. What do you do? What do you do to stay healthy? What do you do to take care of yourself? Well, prior to COVID, it felt a little different. Um, we were, I was able to go to the gym on a fairly regular basis. I do okay. a lot of reading, playing golf, those types of things. Um, once the pandemic hit, um, I uh, spent a lot more time on my Peloton bike. Um, I'm on <laughs> okay. that pretty religiously now just to stay in shape and escape my mind from things. Um, I utilize meditation um, two or three times a day when possible um, to get me out of whatever space I might be in that isn't necessarily going to benefit the environment I might be in. So that wakes me up. Um, it, it's tough. It's important that you do take that care. Um, the, the, the unfortunate part of leadership is that your people are so dependent on you uplifting others that typically there's no one there to uplift you. And, um, if no one's there, you have to do it yourself or build a network of folks, um, around you that allow you to do that among superintendents in Ohio. We may get into this later. That's a little difficult given what our pool of superintendents look like. Um, uh, in that I don't have a lot of peers necessarily who understand the experience and understand um, the types of things that I might experience in my lifetime. Uh, but we, I'm sure we'll get into some of that later. Sure. Mel Melvin, I think you said you, you do some reading for self. Yes. So what do you read? What do you do? What, what kind of books are you reading? Um, for the last two years or so, I've focused so much of my, my reading on nonfiction. Um, I just finished, I read uh, Cast by Isabel Wilkerson a couple of months ago, and that's probably uh, accelerated to the top of my list in terms of books people should read. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I may actually just go read it again simply because of how much life it gave me. Um, but okay, hold on, Melvin, I, did I, you say I the Cast? Sure. What was the cast. name? Uh, S-A-C-A-S-T-E okay. by Isabel Wilkerson. Um, recently I've spent so much time in books, in historical books to get a real sense of, uh, what history really is and not necessarily what we've been taught all these years, uh, given where we are in this environment of discussing racial justice and social justice and things of that nature. I firmly believe that if we're ever going to tackle systemic racism and, and eradicate it. We have to understand the Genesis, uh, when all of this began and all those things were baked into the cake of what is our country. We have to understand that history in order to appreciate where we are. So you got me. You said you you're going to read that book again. So I probably will. Yeah. Yeah. I am definitely. Uh, that's going to be on my request list. Um, I'm going to grab that book, uh, Melvin. Wow. Yeah, she's phenomenal. Okay, um, Melvin. So I know that you are. You know, you have challenges as an administrator, as a superintendent of a large school district, um, there are challenges. But what would you say is your greatest challenge right now in leadership? Um, I think in this time, our greatest, I would probably say is two-pronged. One, uh, for the last year or so, we've had to prepare so much for the unknown. And um, typically in our, in our field, in education for our, our careers, we've been taught what education looks like. We understand it. We know it. This last year, we've not known any of it. So we had to kind of put the plane together while it's been in the air. I think on the other side of that is um, one, trying to appeal to as many people as possible 
to get them on board with decisions and direction, while at the same time, not letting naysayers pull you down. Um, I've become pretty comfortable with the fact that not everybody's gonna love what you do. And um, I'm okay with that. That's fine, you don't have to like it, but this is what we're doing. Um, that's something I struggled with early on in, in my career because I wanted to please everybody. And I just, I, I guess just the old man in me saying, basically, I, I, I can't focus so much of my energy in those areas anymore. Wow, that is critical. Um, you're not gonna please everybody. No, not at all. You're not. You're not gonna please everybody with every decision that you make. How do you mm-hmm. prioritize your decisions? Um, typically we look at, I mean, we, we go over the obvious stuff like what's urgent and what's important and tackling things that uh, de- need the now attention versus those okay. that can wait a little bit. But I also look at those that have um, implications for student learning and their student experience and the types of things they do from a cultural standpoint in our school district. Those are always priorities. And then naturally uh, physical concerns given where we are um, financially, those are always things that have to be at the forefront. Um, you know, many districts, what we'll, we'll, we'll hear as superintendents is, well, X district is doing thus and so. And like, well, okay, well, we're doing this and that and the cost, we can't do both, you know? So sure. sometimes we have to weigh that. Um, the fiscal piece of it is very, very important and staying attuned to that. Wow. So, I, and I guess, Melvin, I'm going back to an, an, another response. You want to please everybody. So if people are thinking about going into leadership and and especially school leadership or any type of leadership, if you are a people pleaser and you always want everyone to be happy with every decision you make, and you said you struggled with that. I'm just thinking, Mm -hmm. what would your recommendation be to a person that wants to please everybody all the time? I think if you venture into leadership, you have to one, identify what it is that is in your heart. What are your personal priorities? What are the things that are important to you? And um, if that leads your thinking and your planning and your decision making, then those who, and and that's in the best interest of kids and communities and what have you, um, if people have issues with that, then they have issues with your heart. We all have preferences. We all have things that we would rather do. And, you know, if they have issues with my heart, then so be it. You know, I, I can't I can't I can't combat that. Sure. So you have to follow the things that you're truly committed to, uh, the things you're passionate about. And um, also, I think it's important to get counsel from those around you. Um, our leadership team is built in a way that um, I, I know my limitations or my challenges. And our team is rounded out with people who knows, know how to pick those things up. Um, so I think I'm not afraid to be, to not be the smartest guy in the room. I have no problem with that. Uh, matter of fact, sometimes I prefer to not be, um, I want to give other people an opportunity to do that. And knowing as a superintendent or any leader, you can't be the one always to make all the decisions alone and do all the work and deal with the results. That's not possible. Um, you have to be in a position where you can prioritize what the mission and vision is or are, and um, put yourself in a space to work in that arena, empower people to be able to do those things and get that work done in the trenches before you move on to the next thing. Wow. So Melvin, you, you spoke a little bit about your team. So I know you have, you know, support from your, um, your team there in the district with you. Mm-hmm. Um, who supports you outside of the district? How do you get um, that's, an, that's a great <laughs> question. Uh, kind of alludes back to what I said earlier about 
uh, Ohio and the way it's, it's, it's constructed and the way the superintendent pool looks, it's difficult to find folks who have a common experience that you might have. Um, there are a couple of, uh, of gentlemen th um, throughout uh, Ohio that I touch base with on a regular basis, a fairly regular basis. Uh, but there's also a network of superintendents from across the country, um, most of almost all of whom are, um, are African American, who completely relate to and understand uh, the struggles of, of someone that looks like us in these seats. And we meet on a weekly basis uh, every Friday afternoon on Zoom. And we're talking about people in Ohio, New York, uh, Virginia, uh, Missouri, some from all across the country. And I'm just so, so, so proud to be part of a network of, of gentlemen who are there to uplift, uh, to uplift each other, essentially. And we have a text chain and we, we touch wow. base every day. It's just it, that that group has been essential to, to my well-being over the last year and a half. Well, Melvin, is that formal or informal? How did that group come to be? Completely informal. Um, wow. Some of us met at AASA in San Diego last year, um, and we made some connections. And then uh, one of the gentlemen that's involved in our group pulled us all together into a text chain, and we would converse and have conversations. And yeah. finally, he said, you know what? Let's just set up a weekly Zoom call and just check love in. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it. Because you have to have someone that relates to you and understands, and you have common commonalities, not just any superintendent, but someone who shares um, your joys and the things that you go through. Wow. Um, Melvin, so Absolutely. you mentioned what you're currently reading. So we got that. Is there uh, any um, other people that you follow outside of reading, like for conferences? Do you try to make sure you hear this webinar from so-and-so or... Oh, there's so many. Um, there, there's so many because I mean, there, there's some names that always stick out to me that I want to be associated with when when they're presenting. Um, uh, it's so the, the 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 list would be too numerous to try to okay. to go through, but okay. there are just so many people out there. Uh, the work okay. of Dina Simmons, she's doing. Um, the work of Eddie Gloud, who I had the chance to meet also when I was in San Diego. Um, there are just so many people. So many. Okay. Be, have connections with. Wow. Okay. I'd be remiss if I didn't say um, uh, who else can I? Wes Moore, his work. Um, I'm very familiar with that as well. And these are people I've been fortunate enough to have personal connections with also sure. throughout the process. Uh huh. So it's not just going to a conference, but it's being personally connected. Yeah, th that's been important to me because yeah. you know it's easy to put together a presentation on things that you've acquired or knowledge you've gotten. Mm -hmm. and just share it with others. It's another mm -hmm. thing when someone gets to know you on a more personal level and they can see that passion and where it comes from. Sure. Uh, then it means so much more, at least it does to me. Sure, wow. Uh, Melvin, so we got people out there who wanna be leaders. They wanna be school leaders. They're thinking about being a principal. Some are principals and they're thinking about becoming a superintendent. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give a new school leader right now? Uh, wait until the pandemic's over for one. <laughs> um, I, I think it's important. I always tell people that when they go out to seek positions, uh, number one, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Um, if it's for prestige or attention, then that's probably not the reason to do it. And if it's money, uh, that may not be the reason to do it. But make sure it's your passion and it's what's going to drive you. Also, I encourage people to not apply for everything under the sun. You know, when you go in to interview 
with a panel or with a board or with whomever, you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. And if there's not a match, there's a disconnect, that's not gonna be a successful venture if you're the one that actually gets that job. So I think it's important to understand not only what you want to do and where you might wanna do it, but also knowing when you, where you don't wanna be and what you don't wanna do. I think that's just as important. That is awesome advice. Awesome. What is your passion? I love it because some people are just looking for uh, to go up the ladder. So they'll go anywhere as, you know, just to get there. But mm-hmm. do you Absolutely. Really fit? Do you really fit? Love that. Um, Melvin, Absolutely. kind of wrap up. I have one more question and um, it's actually kind of like the last one. But this one, the last question was about a new school leader. And, and that's no joke uh-huh. about pandemic, I had said to my colleagues who are principals and working in the schools, I was like, man, I cannot even imagine what you guys are going through. But um, so you gave that advice for a new school leader. So let's, even if you're not a new school leader, so all our leaders, we're starting a school year, next school year, it's going to be different. Mm -hmm. Piece of advice would you give for starting the next school year? What would you give our leaders? Um, I, I think in, as leaders, we're going to be confronted with lots of people who want to talk about uh, who come from a deficit mindset, and they're going to talk a lot about what think, what kids have lost and what they can't do and what learning loss looks like and how they're struggling. I think it's important to slide that aside, knowing that those are going to be things we address, while recognizing uh, what is important that kids have acquired during this time. We've learned so much, and I think we have the opportunity to grow so much and expand what education looks like. I think going into the next school year, if we have that frame of mind, we're gonna be much more positive and more successful in what we do. Um, We know education for the last 100 plus years has not worked for every kid. We are in a place now where we have a chance to reform, refresh, reinvigor um, everything that we do from an educational standpoint and try to make it work for all kids and be genuine about it. Uh, We know inequities have never been addressed until now. Um, those conversations never really formally took place in every district until now. Um, so if we're not going to be serious about the work, then I, I, I refuse to let people talk about um, what our kids don't know and don't do. I want to talk about the things they do well and what they bring to the table. Um, their assets are much more important to me than, than their deficits. Um, I think um, not everybody's going to get everything in the same pace. We know, and I've said this openly with our staff, I don't care if a kid gets the the concept in September or in June, just so he gets it. That's what we need to get to. Um, So, you know, going in with that frame of mind and understanding that um, you have to push aside that deficit mentality, that's the way I'd like to approach a new school year. And that part excites me. Wow. Melvin, Melvin, thank you so much for taking this time. And I know that being a tenant is a tough job, but when I met you a few years ago, you were passionate. And even now, a few years later, in spite of all the challenges you faced in the new job and challenges with pandemic, the pandemic, you still have passion. And yeah. that's what we need in our leaders. Grateful to have crossed paths with you. And once again, thank you today for sharing some nuggets about leadership. Thank you so very much, Melvin. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And that's it for another episode of 8 with 8. Thanks for joining us. We want to know how, or maybe more importantly, what are you learning through your own experiences in leadership? 
Or as Melvin mentioned, who is lifting you up as you lift up others? We want to know. You can find us on Twitter at OhioSST8. Be sure to use our hashtag 8with8. Melvin also shared a great resource to further our own learning in the realm of racial and social justice. To check it out, head over to our website, sst8.org slash podcast.aspx. We've made sure to link to the book he mentioned. And be sure to join us next week. Janelle and I sit down with Joe Iacono, superintendent of Summit ESC. Not only will you get insights into his leadership perspectives, but I think you'll learn some new fun things about him. See you soon.